Did you know that a congressman's mommy made him vote for the 19th Amendment? The year was 1920. Half of the states allowed women to vote, but none in the South. The fight for women's suffrage had raged for 70 years, and now they finally had their chance with the 19th Amendment. It had already been ratified by 35 states. The only state left to vote in which ratification was possible was Tennessee. But it didn't just come down to one state. It also came down to one legislator. The measure passed the Tennessee Senate. However, when it got to the House, things got tense. The vote to table the amendment resulted in a tie. Since that fell, they set out to vote on whether to ratify the 19th Amendment. Meet 24-year-old Harry T. Byrne, the state's youngest legislator at the time. He originally voted to table the amendment. Strangely, he changed his vote and cast the deciding vote for ratification. People thought he had been bribed. The following day, he explained what changed him. His mother wrote him a letter urging him to vote for the amendment, saying, quote, don't forget to be a good boy. He elaborated, further saying, I believe in full suffrage is a right. I know that a mother's advice is always safest for her boy to follow, and my mother wanted me to vote for ratification. Sometimes mothers meddle in their children's lives because they just can't help themselves. Other times they do it to change history. In 1873, Congress passed the Comstock Act, which made providing birth control devices or information about it through the mail illegal. A lot of other states jumped on the bandwagon and also outlawed advertisement, sale, and distribution of birth control. In 1916, New York prosecuted and sentenced Margaret Sanger to 30 days in jail for opening the first birth control clinic in the country. After failing to get Congress to repeal the Comstock Act, she challenged the law by mailing a birth control device to a doctor. The stunt proved successful, and the court deemed her actions were okay if it was to help a doctor's patients. In 1952, Margaret Sanger opened the American Birth Control League, which would eventually become Planned Parenthood. She partnered with a doctor and helped develop the very first birth control pill. While many states had reversed course and legalized birth control by the 60s, many of them still prohibited circulation of information. Some states even outlawed possession of birth control. That all changed in 1965 with Griswold v. Connecticut. The court ruled that the state's prohibition of birth control was unconstitutional as it violated one's privacy. Although a breakthrough, this only applied to married couples. In 1971, Congress repealed major parts of the Comstock Act. The next year, the Supreme Court ruled in Einstein v. Baird that if privacy was a right, it applied to both married and unmarried couples. Today, nearly 13% of women aged 15 to 49 use birth control pills. Rachel Jackson broke the mold for First Ladies, as she was the first one to have been divorced. When Rachel was 18, she married Louis Roberts. After three years of marriage, they separated. She soon met a young lawyer named Andrew Jackson, who was renting a room at her mother's house. Rachel and Andrew got married before realizing that her first husband never finalized the divorce proceedings. The court finally granted a divorce, finding Rachel guilty of adultery and abandonment. The couple remarried to clear up any discrepancies, but it would catch up with them later on down the road. Andrew's political career would take off, allowing her to be the wife of a representative, a senator, and a Tennessee Supreme Court justice. However, all the scrutiny and judgment about Rachel's background caused her to recoil for most public events. Andrew ran for president in 1824. Rachel's reputation was obliterated. She was accused of being a bigamist, adulterer, and a whore. There was also a rumor that the couple lived together before marriage. 
The election was contingent. It ended up being decided by Congress and resulted in Andrew's defeat. He would run again for president in 1828 with Rachel by his side. Andrew won the second time around. However, Rachel would never become first lady. She died of a heart attack three months before his inauguration. Andrew was distraught and blamed those who criticized her background for her death. On her tombstone, he engraved, quote, a being so gentle and so virtuous, slander might wound but could not dishonor. He missed his wife dearly. While president, he wrote to a friend saying, quote, my heart is nearly broke. I try to summon up my usual fortitude, but it is in vain. Now that you know where we've been, find out where we're going. Tune in to Ladies Love Politics, where you can stay informed without going insane.